BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. At Amica Insurance, we know it's more than just a car. It's the two-door coupe that was there for your first drive. The hatchback that took you cross-country and back. And the minivan that tackles the weekly carpool. For the cars you couldn't live without, trust Amica Auto Insurance. Amica. Empathy is our best policy. You're listening to Revolver Podcasts. Good afternoon. A San Antonio district judge resigns after a federal corruption probe. State District Judge Angus McGinty is at the center of an investigation today involving the FBI and the U.S. Attorney's Office. A former San Antonio, Texas judge goes to federal prison after pleading guilty to accepting bribes in exchange for rigging cases in his court. Angus McGinty committed the ultimate judicial sin, and it cost him his freedom, his livelihood, his bench, and law license. Since pleading guilty, he's refused to talk about the details of his criminal case. Until now. I did it because I was foolish. And that one little mistake that I made, that I never really intended to make, but I did, cost me everything. Everything. But this is not just the story of a single judge taking a one-time bribe. You see, during the FBI's corruption investigation back in 2014, agents recorded attorney Al Acevedo on his cell phone, boasting he was bribing several state judges. Only McGinty was charged and prosecuted. That's because the FBI's undercover operation was compromised when word of the investigation was leaked to the very judges who it was targeting. The names of other judges and bribes they allegedly took have been kept sealed in secret FBI and court files, with many of those judges still on the bench. But I've obtained those secret files, and the truth of the courthouse corruption scandal, and exactly who was involved, will finally be revealed. I'm investigative reporter Brian Collister, and this is How to Bribe a Judge, the podcast. Coming up in this episode, I continue my conversation with Judge Burt Richardson, about the allegation contained in the FBI files that he accepted a bribe, a claim he vehemently denies. And I asked Richardson, what was his relationship like with the man at the center of the bribery scandal, attorney Al Acevedo? This is what I would tell you as a general, because I, I don't remember this case. I would, $15,000 would not be um, an unusually low bond for somebody on deferred adjudication and the state files a motion to enter adjudication of guilt. My practice back then was to make sure that the state was involved in all of those bonds that I set. And you could probably ask Kevin O'Connell because he was in the court at the time. And then if they violated any subsequent conditions after I set that initial bond on a deferred, I didn't have to give them a bond on a regular probation. That's not legally required. Then I could remand them without bond. And there's a document in here that has that too. Um, 
but all that being said, so is the question, did somebody offer me a $5,000 bribe to let this guy out on a bond for $15,000? Yes. Is, is that what you're asking me? Yes. No, they didn't. That's absurd. <laughs> like, <laughs> no. Al Acevedo never offered me a dime to set a bond for anybody. What was your and anybody, and anybody who says otherwise is a liar. I mean, it just never happened. I mean, I've I've worked for the feds. I passed a federal background check. I've you know I've been on the bench since 1999. And no, nobody ever offered me a dime for any kind of a bond. Period. What was your? I appreciate that, and I appreciate you uh, answering the questions straightforward and and to the point. Um, what was your relationship like with? Acevedo was he just any old attorney or was he I mean he was kind of a big dog around the courthouse I'm assuming you dealt with him I dealt with him I had a hard time getting him into court on a regular basis and, and why was that uh, you have to ask him that I, you know I don't know I mean you know you had a handful of lawyers I think I even threatened to hold him to contempt at one point because I just couldn't get him into all his cases he would come he would get the bond set or he'd get the bond set through the MAG office or get a surety bond set, and then, you know, it was just, it was hard to move his cases. I mean, you have to keep in mind that, you know, on, on a district court bench, you have a weekly docket that consists of anywhere from 50 to 100 cases that you're trying to move. And you've got lawyers, and, you know, not everybody can go to trial. So um, you kind of rely on what the lawyers tell you. Do I you want a trial? Do you want a mo pretrial motion? Are you going to work the case out? You know, and if they represent to you, they're going to work it out. You know, somewhere down the road, um, you need to get it off your docket or your numbers just start backing up. So you say, okay, well, you know, if you're not going to complete this case, I'm going to put you to trial. Um, I, I didn't, I don't, I didn't have a close relationship with him. I, um, I didn't go out for drinks with him. I, I knew him. I was friendly with him, like most other lawyers. Um, but beyond that, no. So Diostato, uh, Cruz Aranda Diostato, uh, or uh, Cruz Diostato Aranda, he's got multiple <laughs> aliases, but he alleges that uh, Acevedo asked for and said he would give $5,000 to you for some preferential treatment in the, in the trial process, um, which obviously is up for debate, having looked at the, at the documents. But um, do you think that... M might be a possible situation where Acevedo's just picking the pocket of his client and 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 you had nothing to do with it all I, all I can tell you is nobody in the 20 plus years I've been on the bench has ever offered me a bribe <laughs> like and if they had I'd probably pick up the phone and call the FBI and I think most people knew that because I, I came from the US Attorney's Office when I was appointed to the bench and anybody who says otherwise is just, they're just lying. Well, you understand why I'm calling you because I, even I was surprised to see your name in these files. Well, I don't, I don't see my name in the, I, I don't know what files you're talking about. I'm looking at my name in, in this case and surely, I mean, I was the judge in the case, so my name's all over it. Right. No, but I don't mean the, the case. I mean, the FBI file. Yeah. The FBI all file. I can say is I don't. I have no recollection of anybody from the FBI ever contacting me. Uh, I remember when several judges got letters at the courthouse, um, but I was on the visiting circuit, I think, when those were circulated. And I remember somebody saying, hey, your, your, 
um, successor got a letter from the FBI about phone conversations with Al Acevedo. I had a very strict policy when I was on the bench that I didn't I didn't do anything ex parte. You know, if somebody was coming in and asking for a favor or not, I won't call it a favor. If they said, hey, look, I want my bond lowered or I, I need this or that, I would say, well, get the prosecutor in here and we'll talk about it. Um, you know, some judges felt like they could always set bonds or reduce bonds without including the state on motions to revoke. I never had that policy. Which obviously uh, uh, got McGinty in a lot of trouble because he was having right. all kinds of ex parte communication. Right, right. Right. So, the yeah, re- I mean, I, I, I've just, I, I've heard this once or twice before. I don't know if it was ever true, but. I was told one of the reasons Ron Hale ran against me was because his dad was mad at me because he came in and tried to get me to um, let him off the hook on a bond where a couple of his clients didn't appear. Mm. And I didn't do that his either. his dad was a bondsman, yeah. right. Yeah, well, yeah, he's a bondsman. <laughs> like... the, uh, the reason, just to, just to give you a little context as to to why i reached out to you which of course is my obligation and and that's what i'm supposed to do right um this so this cruz aranda fella he gets arrested the fbi is wiretapping acevedo when 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 did he get arrested he got because i I sent him to prison in 2008 Uh, yeah he got arrested in 2001 and then kept okay. tap dancing and getting charged with every got all these other offenses and absconded right. and you know right. they 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 were multiple motions to revoke but uh, finally he was nabbed on a Christmas Eve and uh, brought before you uh, I believe the the following uh, April um, in two thousand eight but he was he was out there for quite a long long time uh, violating right. the terms of his uh, and that that probation. would not have been my fault i mean I, i'm trying to find the document that i just saw where i said remand him without bond let me just see if i can find it and you know once i issue that you know my job is not to go out in the field and find these guys sure <laughs> like, no 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 I, uh, let me find it um well while, while you look for that i'll tell you that um uh so when he was arrested, the FBI was already listening to uh, Acevedo, had the wiretaps. And when, when did McGinty get on the bench? I'm trying to trying to remember if, if when our paths crossed. Was it 2006? I want to say it might have been 2006. Um, he was... Um, The wiretaps were 2013. Oh, I wasn't even the I wasn't even in the courthouse back then. Um, so I mean, how does my name get dragged into this? If they were starting this in 2013, is so, he saying, "Okay, this is what happened when I was on the run"? So this is how this is how it plays out in the court in the in the FBI records uh, okay. and in the court filings. So Cruz Aranda is arrested after the FBI is listening on the wiretaps. And the reason they become interested in this defendant is because there is a conversation or series of conversations that is picked up by the FBI in which Acevedo is talking to Magistrate Judge Michael Ugarte. Was this in 2013? Uh, This would have been, I'd have to go back and pull the exact, yeah, that would have been in 2013. Okay. And so uh, there was a conversation about that case, and there was reference to the fact that um, Ugarte, uh, at the behest of uh, Acevedo, was 
lowering and even in some cases raising bonds. Okay. So with this particular one of these offenses here, um, when Aranda was picked up, Ugarte lowers the bond and lets him out, even though he had the ability to hold him without bond because it um, based on. Hold on one second. Okay, I'm talking to Brian. Brian. Yes. Yes. My wife says hi. <laughs> <laughs> Tell her I said hello. <laughs> okay, so keep going. So I'm, I'm still looking for this document. I mean, this thing's 192 pages long. Right. Um, well, I hope you find. It. I didn't. I didn't see one that said a handwritten note that it. said hold him without bond. But I would. I would very much like to be able to point to it. So anyway, the the, the bottom line with Aranda was the FBI, and this is documented in the FBI's file. They were so panicked. Um, and, and believe that he was such a risk to the public safety um, that they immediately went out and had a charge of felon in possession of a weapon filed against him to, to undo what Ugarte had done, which was to allow him to get out on a on a low bond. And do so, you know what year that was? Um, I'd have to look up exactly what year that took place, but it was essentially right. that's how Aranda became an issue in the McGinty case. Um, okay. And eventually the FBI went and interviewed him, but I don't have a copy of the debrief that they did with him. But apparently he did um, affirm to the FBI that uh, Acevedo claimed to have corrupt influence over judges and, and, had, and had used it to benefit him in some cases. That's, I, you that's, know, I, I could see Al doing that. I, I totally believe that. And, and, you know, if he was giving – if he was taking money from clients saying I have – connections with this judge i could see him doing that just pocketing the money that is definitely a possibility never in my entire career has anybody ever offered me a bond or a bribe (laughs) period when we come back judge richardson asked me how i got the secret files bp added more than 70 billion dollars to the u.s economy in 2022 Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Caesars Sportsbook is the only sportsbook app with Caesars Rewards. That means win or lose, every bet brings you closer to the types of perks only Caesars can offer. Like hotel stays at over 50 iconic destinations, bonus bets, daily profit boosts, tickets to the game, dining, and so much more. Whether you're a new or existing customer, Caesars Sportsbook is always rewarding. Must be 21. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Caesars Sportsbook. Don't just spectate, participate. I mean, I'll tell you right now, these court filings are not in chronological order. And so, I mean, if if you really want me to sit down and go through them and explain to you how all of this played out, aside from whatever, you know, they're claiming, uh, I, I can explain to you the records that I have in front of me, but I can't do it in, you know, in 15 or 20 sure, minutes. Sure. I, I, I've I answered the main questions. What's, what's happened here. I've answered but, the main um, questions, a question of the allegation. Um, which involved whether or not there was $5,000, you know, attempt yeah. to get this guy out early. Um, yeah. So you've, you've answered that. In terms of the, the ins and outs of, of the case, 
um, again, McGinty looked at the bond and thought it was low, and so I... Yeah, is this a subsequent conversation you've had with Angus? Uh, where he it, said, hey, the bond was low, or was this a long time ago? Where Angus was saying that's a low bond. No, uh, this was recently. Well, yeah. well, I just take that with a grain of salt. All I can say, you know, why don't you call, pick up the phone and call Sid Harlan and say, if somebody was underferred for a drug case out of your court, second or first degree felony in the early 2000s, and, and they, the state filed a motion to enter adjudication of guilt, what kind of bond would you have set? Probably tell you about fifteen or twenty thousand. Right, I'd love to call Sid Harl. Do you have his cell number by chance? No, but I'm, I'd probably get his office number. Okay, yeah, I can get. I can do give, that. Give me, give me a second. Um, I'm still looking for this. Um, I mean, you could call Juanita Vasquez Gardner's in the in the DA's office. You can call her and ask her. I mean, her name is on one of these, and she set a bond at five thousand that had something to do with this, but I don't know what it was. If, um, if you can help me find that spot where you uh, and you don't have to do it while we're on the call, but if you can point me toward where yeah. you wrote that you held him with a bond, what, give me a few minutes. I'll go back through this again. Um, do you have any other questions? <laughs> like, no, my, I my, just... answer, my answer to you is no. Al Acevedo never offered me a bribe. As far as I, I can recall, nobody's ever offered me a bribe, and I sure as hell didn't take a bribe from anybody ever in my entire career. Well, that's definitive, Bert. Period. And I appreciate you, know, you, uh, you, know, you taking um, my call. And, and I, you know, I dare anybody to say that publicly. I mean, I, I just uh, – that's offensive to me. Anybody who knows me knows better than that. I mean, I – practically have to have a colonoscopy done on you to get a job at the U.S. Attorney's Office. So <laughs> I would I would be happy to share with you my background check with the U.S. Attorney's Office if you ever want to look at that. Well, and you understand these are allegations that are in sealed documents. Yeah, well, and- I, yeah I'm, so are you able to – so you do you have the sealed document? Yeah. Uh-huh. And, and how do you get that if it's sealed? Just out of curiosity. I'm not going to tell anybody. I mean, uh, did somebody give it to you or did Angus give it to you? Uh, that That's what I do. <laughs> That, that's what okay. I do, right? <laughs> so you get the sealed document, and then you look at it, and then does it have a big stamp on it that says sealed? Yes. Not for public dissemination? Correct. Okay. And then somewhere in the sealed document, there's a claim that um, Al Acevedo told this guy, if you give me $5,000, I can do something for you with Richardson. Is Correct. that it? Is that the allegation yes. against me? Correct. No. Well, uh, I'd have to see what they claim um, and look at the. I'm curious when the dates were, um, and I could look at see how they jive with what's here in this paperwork. But my answer to you is, I nobody has ever offered me a bribe, and uh, I've never accepted a bribe. And if anybody had ever offered me a bribe, my first call would have been to very close friends that I had at the U.S. Attorney's Office that I still have at the U.S. Attorney's Office. Period. That's unequivocal. <laughs> like, I don't have to say, let me think about it. Right. I can just say, I never, I never would have done that. Well, I appreciate it because I'm going to quote and read from the documents and then we're going to hear from you saying, hell no, I didn't do that. So no. that, that lets and me then, get both sides. As soon as I find this document, I'll tell you what page it's on. Okay. You can shoot me an okay. email or, or call me back. I mean, did, did he claim any, anybody else? Did he bribe anybody else? Yes. Any other judges? Yes. Is there like a whole string of judges he claimed he gave money to? Yes. And if that was the case, I mean, why didn't the feds go after them or try to find the money? I mean, that would be my first question. Well, that is uh, the podcast is called How to Bribe a Judge. 
Okay. And uh, you can find it on all the major platforms. And that very question is one that we answer. Uh huh. Okay. And I can give you the short version. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm curious. I just. How do you bribe a judge? <laughs> well, so the, the first... Without, without lining up in federal prison. <laughs> so so basically the podcast uh, first couple of episodes are McGinty talking in detail about his case for the first time. And so we talk about his case and his admission. Yes, I did it. And I, you know, well, actually it's ironic. You know, he sort of, uh, as you would imagine, he sort of s- s- tries to split and... You know, split the baby in half and mince his words and I nail him down and I'm like, no, you, you, you pled guilty and you did it and take ownership of it. So uh, once we get past that, so here's what the documents show, because that was question number one. If there are all these references to other judges uh, and Acevedo was saying he had other judges, why didn't they go after anybody else? Why didn't they, well... Why didn't they charge? Why didn't they indict and charge anyone other than McGinty? And here's the reason. The reason is because word of Acevedo cooperating with the feds on a corruption investigation, word of that was leaked. And it was leaked, ironically, from the government's side. Um, Not Acevedo saying, hey, I'm cooperating or anything. It actually came from... uh, the U.S. Attorney's Office, and according to the documentation, a federal judge. And the warning was then, allegedly, put out by Alan Brown and Jay Norton, um, who, according to some of these documents, one of the judges warned they claim was you. Um, But word went out, don't talk to Al Acevedo, he's wired up. And so the FBI's investigation, which they were intending on doing a sting, um, with non-existent uh, cases, uh, fell apart, and everything stopped. Well, okay, here's what I'm looking at. Angus got elected in 2010. He took the bench in 2011. By 2011, 2009, I'd been out of Bear County for two years already. I lost in 2008. So I didn't cross paths with Angus. Um, he had nothing to do with my cases. Um he beat Kathy Torsall, and I, from 2010 to 2011, um, and up until the time he was thrown out of office, well, actually, he got re- did, did he get written on? Um, I, I didn't even sit in Bear County. So when all of this was allegedly going on, I'm just curious to know what Angus claims. I mean, well, it wasn't, that, it wasn't setting a bond for a guy at $15,000, which I think was pretty much the norm well the, the claim um, came from uh aranda and mm-hmm. mcginty was relaying con- so the the way aranda's case comes into play is that mcginty's attorney alan brown winds up representing aranda aranda is being interviewed by the fbi in relation to it's, claims it's by acevedo aranda the feds or in the state the, the feds so, because the feds are talking to Aranda, who Alan Brown represents, and Alan Brown represented McGinty, McGinty said, hey, wait a minute, that's a conflict. So then this whole okay. firefight breaks out over okay. Cruz Aranda, um, but the okay. FBI goes and talks with him. And, they talk to Aranda? Yeah. And, okay. and he confirms that Acevedo was 
doing this stuff on his behalf. So, but I don't, again, I don't have his debrief by the FBI to say exactly what he stated other than he claimed in this case, this $5,000 arrangement. Well, I mean, you know, I mean, it's very possible that Al could have told him that. I mean, I I wouldn't doubt that at all. Um, But, you know. Well, we are talking about two guys that have been convicted of of federal offenses and are, are now convicted felons. And, and yeah, it is possible. Yeah. I mean, you have basically you have three guys. You have Al Acevedo, who's been to federal prison. You've got Aranda, who's been to state prison. And you have Angus McGinty, who's been to federal prison. And, and so Angus is saying, hey, this $15,000 bond that Richardson set in 2004 on a guy that's on deferred seems highly unusual. He must have taken a bribe from the guy. I mean, that's just bullshit. I'm sorry. <laughs> you know? And that's that's what I would call it. It, it is, It's offensive to me that anybody would even make that claim. But, you know, if Angus wants to do that, that's, you know, that's, that's his right. You know, I just, I don't have anything else to say other than that. Well, I appreciate um, it. If you find that other document where you I'm gonna hold find him it. Yeah, I'm going to go through it. I'm going to find it in the know. next 15 minutes. I'll call you back. Okay, thanks, All right. All right? All right, thanks. See you. Bye. All right, bye. Hey, Brian. Hey, Bert. Sorry, I missed your call. That's okay. I just sent you a text. You can just look it up. In October 2005, I issued a remand without bond. It's an RWB, um, and I forfeited the bond that Al Acevedo had made of $15,000, which put him on the hook with the county for 15000 and it's all in there. So, you know, the only thing I can say is, you know, we're dealing with a case that's over 20 years old when it started. Uh, any ruling I made on it, the last ruling I made was in 2005, 17 years ago, remand, <clears throat> revoking his bond and remanding him without bond, and then in 2008... When they finally found him, he pled guilty in my court. I sent him to prison. Right. So, right. That's really all I can tell you. I, you know, I'd, <clears throat> I'd have to see, you know, what Angus is claiming. Or, I mean, if, if Angus is claiming that the $15,000 bond was excessively low, then, you know, shame on him. That's all I have to say. Um, that, that was pretty consistent with the bonds that we set on deferred adjudication cases back in that era. When we return, I asked Judge Richardson if the claim in the records is true, that he was warned of the FBI investigation. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. When it comes to buying your first home, everyone has questions. Can we even afford to buy a house right now? Well, I need to negotiate. How do I even negotiate? Luckily, a REMAX agent has answers. Hey, Brian, those are really good questions. They are? Thanks. It's my first time buying. I work with first-time buyers all the time. I got you. Remax agents have more experience than other real estate agents. Visit Remax.com or download the Remax app to find the right agent. The right agent can lead the way. Each office independently owned and operated. Yeah. 
Yes, sir. I'm sorry to bother you again. I just uh, okay. well, there was something that that uh, Angus and I discussed that was in an affidavit that he submitted as part of his appeal. And because okay. we talked about it, I wanted to make sure that I had uh, had run it by you. So in his affidavit, he said that um, this is talking about the Cruz Aranda case. Later, Mr. Brown, uh, Alan Brown, told me that Cruz Aranda did talk to the FBI and told them that Acevedo had given money to bribe former District Judge Burt Richardson to give him probation, which we talked about. Mr. Brown told me that he had already warned Burt Richardson. Did Alan Brown ever come to you and warn you of anything having to do with this case? No, I don't. I don't recall it. I mean, it's been twenty years. I, mean, it, it, I looked at the plea bargain. The plea bargain was a cap of eight years, which meant I couldn't give him more than eight years in prison. And I think the state remained silent on probation. And what I gave him was I put him on deferred for ten years. And the rationale behind that is is that you can you can set the terms of probation um and if he violates them you can revoke him and send him for up to life but i also gave him uh, 90 days incarceration in the bear county zero tolerance program which is incarcerating time and then i gave him 180 days in the bear county jail to serve as a condition as probation on top of that um and i did that because uh, drug cases back in those days, they were getting paroled pretty quickly. Like on an eight-year sentence, they would probably gotten out somewhere between a year and 18 months. And that way it gave me more control over what he was doing. And if he screwed up, I could revoke him, which I did. So, But as far as the claim that Alan Brown came to you now, and said... If, if Alan Brown spoke to me about it, I have no recollection of it. Um, I, I just don't. I, I, I think I would have remembered it. But again, we're talking about something that occurred almost 20 years ago, Brian. So, right. Now, I understand um, that. But also, I would, I would assume that anybody comes to you and says, hey, there's a, a lawyer wearing a wire around here and uh, there's an FBI investigation. I'm assuming it, that would be something that you would that you could remember. Um, or certainly Yeah, I would have remembered it, but that was not going on when I was on the bench. That didn't occur until after um, I left the bench in Bear County. Right. None, of, none of that was going on. Um, and I'm trying to remember when Alan Brown represented this guy, but I left Bear County in 2008. So the only thing I heard, I mean, I, while I was visiting judge, I worked in 50 counties from here to El Paso all the way to Waco. So I had very little contact with anybody in Bear County and what was going on at the courthouse, unless it usually made the news. Um, you know, I just kind of left and didn't look back. All right. And how, how did you find out about? all of this stuff was it before the news broke i mean i'm assuming it was quite the scuttlebutt among uh judges when when it did become known but i'm i don't know if it well I did, or not. you know somebody might have said hey there's an investigation going on or i, I probably read about it or i can't really remember because i was i mean i really wasn't in town i when i when i became a visiting judge i mean i was working almost full-time in del rio and in fort stockton and other than something being in the news, I, I just had very little contact with, with the judges. I mean, Sid Harrell was a good friend, but um, most of the others, I just, I, I really didn't. Um, so I, I remember being in the news. <laughs> um, I remember that being in the news, and I remember the case with Susan Reed and the Southwest Airlines tickets being in the news. And, you know, I just thought, well, I just kind of lucked out. Nobody ever even talked to me about that stuff. Nobody offered me any tickets. And nobody offered me any bribes. And I remembered Mike Otten for being you know, the crook that he was when I took my car to him. And I, you know, I, I, 
I could probably go back and find out exactly when I had that incident with him because I took my car to him and he kept it forever and I kept asking him for it back and he just said, well, I'm working on it. And finally, I just said, look, I'm going to come down and have it towed. And he goes, okay, it's ready to go. So I, I just went down and it was off on North 281. And I just went and picked it up and got back to my house. And I thought, well, I didn't do anything to it. I just stopped payment on the check and he got pissed off at me. And that was the last of my dealings with Mike Ott. And I, I just remembered his name when it came up again with Angus's case. Um, well, I just want yeah, to make had, sure that I gave so, you an opportunity to respond to what Angus said, that uh, Brown had told him that he had given you a warning that this was all going down. Yeah, you know what? I, I would I would ask Angus, well, when did that happen? I mean, when because Angus didn't even take the bench until 2010. Um, actually, 2011. Yeah, this and, you know, I'd kind of nail him down of... on it because I lost in 2008 and by – by January 2009, I started my visiting assignments. By by 2010, I was just all over the place in Texas. So, you know, if Alan called me, I don't remember that conversation, and I would have. Uh, you know, if he recorded it and said, well, actually, I did, I, I would say, well, okay, well, great. You told me, but so what? I mean, nobody's bugging me, and nobody's wearing a wire. I'm not in it, even, even in Bear County to, to be tapped. So, you know, I just... You know, I'm I'm reluctant to say Alan did not never said that because I don't believe he did. I can't say that definitively. I think I would have remembered, but I can tell you this much: nobody ever offered me a bribe, and I never took one. <laughs> Period. Thanks, Bert. I you appreciate know, and, it. And, you know, and, and if Angus if Angus is making that accusation or what, Alan, you might just ask Angus when exactly did Alan make that statement to Bert. Um, because I don't believe the investigations of the court. Well, I know Alan had his own problems with the feds and I, I'm trying to remember what the date of that was. Um, but, um, I just, I don't believe I was at the courthouse when that thing anywhere near Bear County, when it blew up, I, you know, they may have been doing it for quite a while, but logically speaking, um, getting Angus in the loop on this would not have occurred until the year 2011 because he wasn't on the bench until January 2011. And Bear County was in my rearview mirror by then. I just... I, well, and I remember talking to you while you were on the road to some far-flung county back then. <clears throat> yeah. Um, no, I, I mean, you know, I, I, got, I got dragged into the Rick Perry case. And yeah, you did. Just, just some other stuff. But, um, you know, I... If I were you, I would ask Angus, okay, Angus, when did Alan supposedly tell Bert that the judges were being wiretapped? Because I don't remember having any knowledge of that going on uh, until long after I left. I, I heard about it, and maybe somebody at the courthouse told me the rumor mill, or maybe I read it in the paper, or I, I don't remember. Um, but I don't believe I was even working in Bear County at the time. I distinctly remember somebody from district court administration telling me that Ron got one of the letters, or maybe it was my former court reporter that told me Ron got one of the letters. Um, and, you know, I thought, well, you know, they could have recorded me. I could have cared less because it wouldn't pick up anything. I mean, I just, I never had those types of conversations. I never discussed how I would resolve a case or set a bond or anything over the phone. So. Well, Bert, I appreciate it. Okay. And, uh, All right. I'm done with you. <laughs> I, I don't know what else to tell you. No, nah, I, mean, I, I appreciate just, you know, I mean, if I you have any questions, it. just call me. Look at the stuff. Um, and, and just ask ask Angus, well, when would Alan have told Bert 
that the judges were being wiretapped. Right. And I wouldn't even tell Angus when I started visiting or anything like that. And he goes, well, it was 2010 or 2009 or 2011. You know, you might say, well, are you aware that Burt couldn't even sit in Bear County during that time? He wasn't an elected judge in Bear County. He was sitting statewide. Right. I mean, the policy, the, the visiting policy is this. If you sit for two elected terms, you're eligible to become a visiting judge anywhere in the state of Texas. And it's kind of a little known organization or part of the state. There are 11 judicial administrative regions in the state. Each of those regions has a presiding judge appointed by the governor. And if you lose after you sat for eight years, um, the policy amongst most of those judges was because you lost in the county where you sat, then the voters have spoken, so you can't preside in that county. And David, and that has changed since then. But David Peoples had a hard, fast rule that if you lost in Bear County, you could not sit here, and he wouldn't assign me here. But he had thirty other counties within his region where he started assigning me pretty quickly. And then I got assignments in the Austin region, which went from New Braunfels to Waco, and I got assignments in the Kerrville region, which goes from Bernie to El Paso, and. I just worked my ass off for six years. That's all I can say. I worked in 50 counties and did every kind of case under the planet. Um, and I really had little time to be nosy about what was going on in Bear County. I think in 2013, um, Judge Peoples asked me to come take care of three death penalty writs that Ron had not taken care of because he didn't know how to do them. And so I went and took care of those and just kind of kept my head down, didn't talk to anybody. Um, and then I went back to the Rick Perry case and a couple other cases, and then I was campaigning statewide for the court, court of criminal appeals. So that's kind of it, just so you know. Well, I appreciate the All background, right? and I will call you if I have any other questions. Okay, good luck. Thanks, See you. Bert. Bye. Coming up in our next episode, he's no longer a sitting judge, but when he was, he was on the take, according to FBI wiretaps. That's next time on How to Bribe a Judge, the podcast. I'm investigative reporter Brian Collister. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America.